Scott, good to see you. Hallelujah. Thank you, everyone that's joined us online. Glad that you're here with us as well. Praise God. Are you glad to be in church? Are you excited to receive the Word of God today? Honey, you got to sit down. You're taking up all my time. You are now a distraction. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Good to see everybody. Praise God. We love you. It's, I'll tell you what, it's hard not to keep fellowshipping with everybody. Sometimes we stay here too late, lose sleep, just fellowshipping with you. But it's worth it all. I said it really is worth it all. We've got a wonderful, wonderful church family. Amen? You know, a church uh, is not a teaching center, yet you should have teaching. Church is not a prophet center, but it's, it's good to have prophets come in. Church is not an evangelistic center, but we do evangelism here. But what a church is, is a church is a family. Amen? And so spend time with each other. Get to know each other. Uh, supply one to another. It's a blessing to be a part of the local church. Amen? Praise the Lord. Did you bring your Bibles with you? All right. I want you... We're going to get into a lot of scriptures here today. Praise God. If, if you don't have your Bible with you, we got it on the screen. But it is good to read it in your own Bible. Uh, amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for an opportunity once again to uh, sit at the feet of Jesus as he feeds us once again. And uh, we trust you for unction, utterance, and the Holy Ghost that you give us a word in due season, the exact words that you would have us to say from the throne room of heaven that will minister to each and every person both here and those that are watching now and those that will watch in the future on the broadcast, that the word will minister life to every single listener. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that faith is growing at a rapid rate. It's increasing more and more in this church. So mightily grew the word of God and it prevailed. That's what the scripture says. That's what took place in the book of Acts. And we confess and believe that that's what's taken place at Faith World in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So guess where we're going? We're going back to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. You say, why are you going over those verses over and over again. Well, there's three reasons. One, because the Lord told me to. That's good enough right there. But number two, there may be some that didn't hear last week or wasn't here the week before. And so it pays to kind of go over some stuff. And then some of y'all just don't get it the first time. I said, sometimes you just don't get it the first time. And so once you get it, and once it gets a hold of you, what happens? It should breed excitement hallelujah and I don't know about you but I'm getting more and more excited about what God's speaking to us about seed time and harvest in this church so we're going to continue on that I believe this is either part five or part six I don't know we're somewhere around there and we may go to ten but uh, we're going to get everything the Lord has for us out of this in Jesus name amen and so you know we've been talking about this I'd say probably for about a month and a half and I believe this is our finest hour. This is the church's finest hour. And I don't mean that as a cliche, but I believe this is our time to really step in and possess everything that belongs to us, everything that God has promised to us. I mean, like a spirit of taking coming over us, just possessing and reaping all that God has promised to us. It's our time to go and get it. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's your time to go and get it. Hallelujah. And if you don't, someone else will. I said, if you don't, somebody else will. So I want you to get this kind of excitement to get your get up and go out of your seat, so to speak, when it comes to your faith and lay hold and possess what belongs to you. Because some things aren't just going to drop on you you know, from heaven. In fact, most of the time it doesn't. But you've got to take hold, or you've got to lay hold, the Bible says, on eternal life. And so our text we've been reading out of, I'll just read one of them, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds 
shall not reap. And so is it possible that you could look at certain things, that you could observe certain things, and it could pull you away from actively sowing or reaping? Yeah, many times we procrastinate or we make excuses and we say, not today, maybe tomorrow. Well, guess what tomorrow will be? Well, when you get into tomorrow, it's going to be today. So if you don't do it today, more than likely you're not going to do it tomorrow. And it's a habit of some that they just sit back and they wait and they come up with excuses of why they don't sow or why they're not reaping. And it's possible that a believer can be lazy, fall asleep when it comes to harvesting. I believe that we're very efficient or proficient, I should say, at this church when it comes to sowing, both sowing financial seed. You say, well, why do you always bring up financial seed? Because most of the time in reference to seed time and harvest in the Bible, it's talking directly about finances, but also confessing the word of God. When you're speaking the word of God, you're sowing the seed of God's word. And I believe we're very, very proficient at that. And, uh, but it's possible that you could be you could be lazy or you could fall asleep or make excuses as to why you don't go out and get it or why you don't go out and possess what belongs to you. And so what we want to get is a fire stirred up on the inside of you to get up and go out and take hold and possess what belongs to you. You know, you don't want to fall asleep during harvest. And I believe, according to the word of God, that it's harvest time. I believe, according to the, the prophets that are speaking right now in the land, it's harvest time. I believe it's time for revival. I believe it's time for us to harvest in every arena. Not just financial, but I believe it's time to pull in the net and gather in souls. I believe it's time to pull in the net and gather in land and properties and, and different things that belong. to. I believe some of you all need to take possession of what belongs to you when it comes to businesses and different things like that, your dreams and desires that God's put on your heart. It's time for you to quit thinking about it and dreaming about it and actually get up and take a step of faith because taking a step of faith is activating your faith. Stepping out on nothing sometimes is taking a step on faith. But when you're taking that step of faith, you'll always land on something. But sometimes when it comes to faith, we look at the clouds. We observe the weather patterns and we think, well, it's not the right time. Or maybe I'm not able to do it right now. Or maybe, you know, because, you know, I'm not a preacher, that that seed time and harvest stuff won't work for me. Or maybe I've tried it before, and it's just not right with economics right now for me to do that. Well, the Bible says, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. God desires for you not only to sow, but when you sow, there is a result that comes about with that is God gives an increase on the seed that you sow and brings about fruit and you got to go to picking that fruit off the vine. Hallelujah. And so it's our time to possess. Say this, I shall reap and I shall possess what's mine in Jesus' name. I want you to turn with me, if you would. We're going to go over some new scriptures. I won't do any more review, but I've got some new stuff. We're going to be talking today about faith uh, for gathering. Faith for gathering. Now the word gathering there is the same word for taking or possessing or laying hold of. So we're going to be talking about taking possession or gathering the harvest that belongs to you. And so let's start here in the book of Acts. Are you ready to receive tonight? Are you excited to receive tonight? Amen. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. It says, and now Brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Now, when it comes to reaping or when it comes to, let's say, receiving the promises of God or receiving something that God's told you, or maybe you're believing God to get free from some things or Maybe you're even going on a diet <laughs> when it comes to these things. Uh, the first step is to get built up on the inside. The first step is to get built up on the inside. And I think people skip this step. They really do. They, they skip this step 
way too often and they just expect things to happen automatically. I think sometimes we hear a good word in church, you know, and think, all right, it's my time. And then we sit and then we go back to life as it was Monday through Saturday or, you know, we come here word on Wednesday and then we go back on Thursday to regular life and we can forget what we heard and don't, don't build ourselves up in what we heard and expect the harvest just to happen automatically for us or expect the change just to happen automatically but here we see something I believe that's key we've got to be built up on the inside first the first step number one is to get built up on the inside Uh, an enlargement of our heart remember over there I think it's Isaiah chapter 60 it's not a part of my notes here but he says when your heart's enlarged then will the forces of the Gentiles be released unto you. In other words, heart enlargement will induce a release of increase into your life. It enlarges the capacity for you to receive from God. Let me say that again. When you enlarge your heart, or heart enlargement enlarges the capacity for you to receive. And I think sometimes we hear the word one time, but we haven't really established that word on the inside of our spirits or built that up on the inside to the point where we've, we've built up a receiving platform where we're ready to receive it. Does that make sense? And so I think, I think in reference to this, I could spend a lot of time on this, when you're enlarging your heart, you're, you're strengthening your spirit. It takes strong faith to receive. It takes uh, bold faith to receive. Why would it take strong and bold faith to receive? Because there's other elements out there that are contending against you. Do, do you realize that? And so that's, you understand this, things don't just happen automatically. Now know this, that everything promised to you has already been delivered through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, it belongs to us. But some people say, well, if it belongs to me, then it ought to just happen automatically. But there's enemies to your faith. You've got your flesh, right? And those things don't just happen automatically. You've got to lay hold of eternal life. You've got to possess what belongs to you. That means you can't sleep during harvest. That means you've got to get your hands to something. That means you've got to learn what it means to step out by faith and activate your faith and believe God when the clouds are there, when the weather's not going right, when all the, uh, the, 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 the uh, circumstances are adverse to what you're believing for and desiring aren't there. When you've got a strong spirit, you're not moved by those things. The Bible says that a strong spirit, the strong spirit of a man will what? It will sustain him. So everything you need right now, it's already been given, but it has to be received. It has to be possessed. And I think one of the biggest things, y'all get anything out of this? One of the biggest things I think that we contend against is not the devil. He's already been defeated. We know that. Thank God. But I think it's our flesh. And, uh, you know, when you're strong in spirit, you're going to be weak in flesh. But when you're weak in spirit, you're going to be strong in the flesh. And when it comes to receiving or even following the plan of God, let's say that. Let's just say, you know, God wants you to go a certain path or direction. And your spirit's weak and your flesh wants to go a different direction. Guess who's going to win over? We got a, a new feature on our car and I was talking to Lloyd. He's got the same thing in his new car out there we he, brother lloyd got blessed with some harvest amen a brand new car it's awesome and they got this new thing where it's got lane assist you ever heard of that and so if you're texting and driving which you shouldn't do or if you're eating your fast food while you're driving which you know it's probably better not to do that either it's probably better to have your hand on 10 and 2 right 10 and 2 <laughs> that's that's what we don't do but it should be right 
Uh, just in case you're distracted, if you have lane assist on and it starts to swerve to the left, guess what it does? It pulls you to the right. And if it goes to the right too far into the other lane or starts to, what happens? It pulls you over to the left. Now, if you have a Tesla, it'll drive for you. And so you don't have to worry about nothing. You can eat, text, all that other stuff, and then all the satellites will direct you where you need to go. But when it comes to walking with God, you have the Holy Ghost. He's a gentleman, but he's not going to Tesla into your life and just do what he wants to do for you. You've got to follow the leading of the Spirit, right? And so on mine, there's different degrees of sensitivity you could put on the will. And so if you just barely want it to do it, uh, it's not going to force its way back to the center. It'll just let you know you're starting to go that way. Or you can put it on a high level to where it'll actually pull it without you having your hand on the wheel. And you can feel that. And I think sometimes when our spirit's weak, we've got a low sensitivity level. And when we start to drift off, it's so weak that it doesn't really work. When we drift, we end up in the other lane. But when your spirit's stronger than your flesh, when your flesh tends to desire to drift out of position, guess what your spirit will do? It'll be strong, and it'll whip you right back to the center. Glory to God. And now you are a spirit. You live in a body, and you have flesh. You got the same flesh that you had before you were born again. Do you realize that? Same flesh. And so you still have to deal with the flesh. You know, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, you don't have to turn there, but look at this. And I won't spend too much time on this because we're talking about taking, laying hold of, but we got to talk about this. Because if you're not built on the word of grace, you won't lay hold of your inheritance. And if you're weak in the spirit, you're going to sleep during harvest. I promise you. And here Paul said, he said, I keep my body under. He said, I, in other words, my spirit keeps my body under and brings it into sub subjection. I think one translation says, I treat my body brutally until it's black and blue and I tell it what to do. I like that. I think I might have added a little bit to that. But in essence, that's what he's saying. He said, I don't let my body dictate my life or what I can and cannot do. I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a stumbling block or a castaway, or what that's really saying is be disqualified. Now, that's, a, that's an interesting statement there. He's saying, I keep my flesh under. I, in other words, I'm going to stay strong and built up in the Spirit that means I'm going to attend to the Word of God at all times. Hallelujah. That means I'm going to be faithful to show up to church to hear the Word of God. The, you know what? The more people that are faithful to church, the more strong you're going to be. The more you are faithful to hear from your shepherd and, and see your shepherd eye to eye so that there's impartation, the stronger you're going to be in spirit. And I promise you, the less you show up, the weaker you'll be. I don't care if you listen to your favorite radio station, radio preacher, YouTube preacher, or whatever you do, or just read your Bible by yourself. You need a shepherd. Don't shout me down. This is really good. You need a pastor and you need a local church to be strong and built up in the word of grace. It's, it's more to it than you just putting a CD in there or putting your MP3 and hearing your favorite message or even hearing Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin's not your pastor. As much as he was, you know, a, a, an influence to my life, even when he was a prophet to my life and, and a spiritual supply to me, he wasn't my pastor. And the one I attended to was my pastor and they fed me and my spirit was sustained and built up strong. And I don't know about you, I want to get my spirit built up to the point where my flesh is intimidated by it. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
that's a pretty good statement right there. You can get your spirit built up so strong to where if anything tries to come on your body, you're not going to be moved by it. You're not going to shed a tear by it. Even if you got a bad doctor's report, you know what the Word of God says, and you're not going to be left alone. You're not going to feel alone. You're going to know that if God be for you, who could be against you, and you're going to speak to that thing, and it's going to leave. Even if it doesn't leave in the natural overnight, you know the moment you spoke to it, you killed it from the roots, and that's what happens when you're strong in the Spirit. It doesn't even take encouragement from someone else. You're already built up in the spirit. I'm not against encouragement, but when, you're, when you've got an abundance, you can encourage someone else. Hallelujah. When you've got an abundance of faith, when you've got an abundance of strength, when you've got an abundance of the power of God on the inside of you, glory to God, there's nothing that can move you. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank God for unction tonight. So we're going to be built up and we're going to be able to go in and reap and possess. That's what that scripture is saying in the book of Acts right there. In verse 32 again, it says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. In other words, be built up in the word of his grace and to give you an inheritance among them which are sanctified. In other words, to reap your inheritance, to reap your reward, to, to take hold of your possession. You're going to need to be built up in the word of grace. Hallelujah. And so it's important to, to really be faithful to adhering to the word of God. Can you say amen? Now go with me here. Let's get some scripture on the inside of you. We're talking about faith for gathering. Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 29. Are you glad you came to Wednesday night? And are, are you glad you tuned in online tonight? Praise God. This is going to be so, so good tonight. Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 29. Look what he says here in 26. And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow up, he knoweth not how. See, all you got to do is sow it. You don't have to know how or how it's going to come up or how it's going to happen. All you got to do is sow the seed, right? For the earth bringeth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. So you sow, but then the earth takes over and does what it's been told to do by God. You say, well, when did God tell it to do that? In the beginning, when God said. And his word's still traveling today. Amen. That's the power of God's word. And now the earth is still cooperating with the word of God. Amen. So it's still doing what it's supposed to do. When seed goes into the earth, what happens? It dies. It germinates. It comes up and does what it's supposed to do. Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. It's God that increases the seed that you sow. In other words, it's the miracle of God that causes a seed to grow up, come out of the earth, come up as a stalk, a little bit of green coming through. I mean, isn't that a beautiful thing to see? I, you could put a little plant in your, in your, your, your windowsill and, and put a seed in there or something, and all of a sudden, a couple days later... You don't know how that works. You don't maybe know the science of that, but it's the power of God. It's the word of God on that seed, and it causes it to come up and turns into a vine, and then a harvest comes. And then we see here, praise God, it says, but when the fruit is brought forth in 29, verse 29, immediately he putteth in the sickle. Now, that's not a capital H. That's a little h, or it would be talking about God. It's talking about you, the same person that sowed the seed is the same one that puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. In other words, we see some responsibilities here. We see the responsibility of the sower. Whose responsibility is that? That's your responsibility. We see the responsibility of increase. Whose responsibility is that? That's the earth. It's supposed to do what it's supposed to do. That's the law of increase. That's God's law. That's God bringing about increase. Then we see another responsibility involved here. It's the responsibility of the harvester. And that same responsibility lies with you. 
That's not God who harvests for you. And so we're establishing the same truth. You sow and you harvest. It's possible that you sow a lot and you fall asleep and the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready. It's out there on the vine. But if you don't pick it, somebody else will, right? And so go here, look at Exodus chapter 16, verse 4. We're just going to keep establishing the same truth here. Who's the sower? You're a sower. Who's the harvester? The same one that sows the seed. Glory to God. Exodus chapter 16 and verse 4. This is so good here. Look what it says. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. That means bread's going to just drop out of the sky, right? That's literally what's happening here. You, you know, imagine just bread dropping down from the sky like, like hell, like a, like a bread storm. I mean, you got the best bread, heavenly manna coming down from heaven and dropping out of the sky. God's saying, I want to bless you. I want to feed you. He said, I will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather. Underline that. And the people shall go out and gather. In other words, it's raining from heaven. It's fallen on the earth, but it's the people's responsibility to go out and gather a certain rate every day. Notice it says that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Who gathers? That's the question. Who's the gatherers? That's the reapers, right? Now, let's give you a definition of the word gather. We kind of did in the beginning, but let me give you kind of a Bible definition. It's real simple. To gather means to pick up or to collect it all together, to, to pick it up, to take hold. Or I like this, and you'll hear this often in this message, to possess, okay, to possess. So if we're gatherers or we're reapers, then we are possessors. Now, God's going to rain down blessing. God wants to rain down provision. But you can't just sit down while it's raining down on the earth. You've got to gather it. You've got to get it together. You've got to take it. You've got to lay hold on it. You've got to possess it. You've got to do something about getting a hold of what belongs to you. Now look here at verse 17. If you skip down to verse 17, uh, well, let's read verse 16. It says, this is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather it, uh, gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take you every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some more, some more, and some less. So is it possible that you can determine, you can uh, determine the capacity of how much you're going to gather by how enlarged your soul or your heart is? Yeah. That's why, let me give you another Example, the Bible says over there in 3 John, he said, Beloved, uh, I wish above all things that you would what? Prosper to the degree or even as your soul prospers, right? In other words, I want you to prosper spirit, soul, and body and be in health, okay? I want you to be rich, but all of those things are determined by how well your soul is prospering. Now that's, that's not as deep as you think that is. Your soul is connected to your heart. Okay, your, your heart is comprised of soul and spirit. They're connected. They can be divided. Okay, you got that? So the entrance of the word brings light. What does that come through? Where's the, where's the gates? The eye gates, the ear gates, the mouth gates, right? Those are the entrances that the word comes in. And it goes through your mind. 
So your, your soul, I didn't plan on talking about this, but this is good. It's comprised of, of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Got, got that? And so the word travels through that. That's your chooser. So that's where you get to choose life or death. That's where you get to decide, I'm going to receive what God says with your soul, right? And so that is what the word travels through to get into your spirit, which is connected to your soul. It's one. It can be divided. That You've got to understand, it can be divided because the Bible says the word of God is quick, sharp, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, which is able to divide us under what? Soul and spirit. So if it can be divided, that means it must be connected. So, what's key? My soul needs to prosper. I need to hear the word of God. I need to see the word of God. I need to speak the word of God. Because that's the entrance into my heart. And so if I got the word of God getting into my heart as a seed, what's going to happen? That seed's going to grow. And it's going to get big. And it's going to get big. And it's going to get bigger. And my heart's going to, it's, it's got boundaries. Do you know that? Your heart's got boundaries. In other words, it can, it, the forces, the boundaries of the heart can be enlarged to where now you can believe for bigger. You can see yourself walking in bigger. You can believe for more finances. You can believe for bigger property. You can believe for, for a, a, a bigger situation, for more of this or more of that. When your heart is enlarged, then your, your capacity level for receiving is enlarged and you won't stay on a small level. That's why some gather small and some gather large. God reigned on everybody. See that? He rained down bread. The same bread was available for everybody. The same blessings available for everybody in here. Not everybody receives the same because not everybody's got the same capacity to receive. That's why when you come to church, you got to get your soul ready to receive. You got to get your soul in line. You got your the spirit man is who you are. Remember Paul said, I put my body under. You, you are a spirit, you live in a body, and you possess a soul. The body's your earth suit. The soul is something you possess. It belongs to you. But you can't let your soul steer you. That's where some people, you know, they're, it's comprised of emotions. And have you noticed that some people are steered by their soul because they're emotional basket cases? Up one day, down the next. Bi or tripolar, whatever you want to call it. They got so many different ways they go throughout the week. That's because their soul is so out of control. They're flesh driven, right? And if you're going to be like that, bread's going to come down, but someone else is going to get it that's prepared for it. That's why he said, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health according to your solical prosperity. All right, a little bit of teaching here today. I hope you're getting something out of, out of this. So you're not wasting your time tonight. Other people might be wasting their time, but you came here and you made a wise investment tonight. Bread's falling, but there's going to be more bread tomorrow that's coming for your day, and you're going to be ready to take hold and possess and gather what belongs to you because you're enlarging your heart through the ear gates, through the mouth gate, through the eye gate. Come on, someone. And the same way it worked here in Exodus is the same way it's working right now. You know the Bible says... That the rain, it rains on the just and the unjust. Even the unjust have the, have, have the opportunity to receive of the goodness of God, right? But if their heart or their chooser doesn't choose it because they don't know, that's where the gospel, the seed of the gospel has to be planted so they'll know to take hold of the bread that's coming down from heaven. Who's the bread? Jesus. Hallelujah. So, is God the one that gives? Yeah, who's the one that gathers? We are. And look what it says in verse 17. Y'all getting something out of this? Verse 17, the children of Israel did so, gathered some more, some less. There it is. Some more, some less. Which category do you want to land in? I want to be in the more. <laughs> 
And we'll show you why here in a few minutes. Praise God, if I can have a few. Notice what it says, And when they did meet it or measure it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. Even when God caused it to fall out of the sky, they still had to pick it up. They still had to take it and gather it together. And that takes a few elements, right? You want to be at the right place at the right time. How many of you know being at the right place at the right time really matters? You want to be willing and obedient. You know, there's different portions of Scripture that show you where God dropped quail from heaven and they had to gather that. You know, there, there's instances where the blessing was flowing and everybody was present but only one received and so you want to be the one that has the capacity to be able to receive you don't want you you don't want to trip a breaker (laughs) you know what i mean by that if you've got a power surge and you've got too much trying to come through conduit that doesn't have the ability to receive that power because it's not gauged right what will happen to that breaker? It'll trip, and all the power on that circuit will shut off. But if you've got the right gauge, and you've got the right conduit, and it's built to receive a quality or a quantity that's enlarged from heaven, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be able to source out that power, not just to you, but through you as well. Hallelujah. Go here to Psalms 104, verse 24. Psalms 104, just line upon line here. Let's, just, let's do that tonight. You getting something out of this? Psalms 104, verse 24. Verse 24 says, O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is this great and wide sea, wherein all things are creeping innumerable. Both small and great beasts. Think about this. In other words, the earth is full of resources of God's blessings. And God put that there. It says, there go the ships. Uh, There is the Leviathan, whom thou hast made to play therein. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. That thou givest them, they gather Thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. The NIV says this, when you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. So he gives, we gather. Okay, so that's what we're bringing out there in this point. God gives, we gather. God gives, we gather. We have been given All of the blessings, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. That is a positional truth, right? Those blessings are there, but they don't happen automatically unless you gather. All right? Can I give you another scripture here? Look here in John 3, 27. John 3, 27. Hallelujah. I don't know if I'm going to get through all these. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Hallelujah. I I pray we do it in Jesus' name. (laughs) How many want me to do it? (laughs) John 3, 27. Jesus answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Receiving here equals the word take or it means it's the same usage in this verse used in other places which means to possess or to take okay so it says a man cannot take anything or possess anything except it be given from heaven a man can gather nothing in other words except it first be given so after it's given you won't enjoy it unless it's taken has it already been given has God already given us Jesus is every blessing in Christ that we'll ever need it will only be enjoyed if it's taken so see 
we've got to teach new believers. And we've got to teach, unfortunately, I mean, we love to do it, but there's old believers that have been taught wrong. Well, if it's up to God, you know, he'll pour it on me and I'll be blessed automatically. And if God don't want me blessed, then I'll go ahead and suffer for Jesus. All kind of doctrines of devils. But this is what we got to teach new believers and this is what we got to retrain our way of thinking in is whatever we've been blessed with and whatever we've been given, we got to have a spirit of taking. We got to have an attitude that I'm going to take it. I'm going to gather it. I'm going to do something about it. And to gather it means I've got to step out by faith. Hallelujah. Now, let me go a step further. We don't have a ton of time, so you don't have to turn here. Just re- put it up on the screen. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 8. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 8. He said in verse 8, Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. In other words, go in and get it. If God has given it to you, you can have it. But you've got to go in and get it. He expects you to not only go in, but he wants you to live in it. You can go in and get it and dwell in it. You say, well, God told me he gave it to me, so why don't I see it? Some people are sitting back waiting to see it with this idea that God's going to get it for you and bring it to you. No, you got to go and get it. you got to go and gather it. Are you following me? It's something kind of itching and scratching you down on the inside. If God's told you something, let's say God's given you a dream or a vision, you know, that's not just going to happen automatically. Sometimes you've got to go out and take a step of faith and get that and possess that and step out on the water, get out of the boat. You know, the Red Sea didn't part till they stepped out into it. And when they stepped out into it, that's when it parted. Some things in your life, they're not going to part. They're not going to move. You're not going to change. It's not going to come to pass until you step out into it and possess it and possessing sometimes means you're going out blind in other words your flesh can't see it you can't understand it you can't comprehend it but there's something down on the inside in you saying go get it 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 and sometimes you're testing the waters and uh, but at least you're moving in the right direction if there's no movement at all then there's no faith faith always has movement you can't sit back with no movement. You got to step out. You got to get out of the boat. You got to quit being complacent and say, it's my time together. You got to keep your eyes open. You got to put your hands to something. If you don't put your hands to the plow, you might as well have looked back. It's the same thing. If you put your hands to the plow, you're going forward. But if you look back, that's not faith. Faith never goes backwards. If you're moving forward, you're stepping into what God's told you to do. You can't look at the clouds. You can't look at your feelings. You may not feel qualified. You may not feel like you're able to do it. You may not feel like you can sing. Or you may not feel like you can play an instrument. Or you may not feel like you can start a business. Or you may not feel like you can, uh, you know, work with children or do something in the church. But let me tell you something. If you've got a desire to do it on the inside of you, that didn't come by accident. God put that on the inside of your heart. You've got to step out now and gather or take hold. That's a harvest too. And when you step out by faith, you'll find yourself in a brand new arena of reaping the goodness of God and the blessings of God into a place where his grace is increased on your life. Come on, someone give me a good amen. You got to go in and get it. I said, you got to go in and get it. I forget who it was. It might have been Dodie Osteen, but she, uh, was, she was diagnosed with cancer and she, she had received her healing. I think it was her. And she was 
laying in bed, and it was late in the afternoon. Was it her? Brother Hagen has kind of a similar story too. But something on the inside of her said, healed people don't lay around in bed at this time of the day. And she's, I think it's her. Am I correct? She's, I'm sure, confessing her healing, believing God for change. But she's laying down, and again, she heard that on the inside of her. Healed people aren't laying in bed about this time of the day. And she thought, well, what, 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 I, what would I normally do? And probably clean the kitchen, clean the house, and wouldn't take her too long normally. But she went ahead and stepped into that word. And when she did, it didn't happen overnight. Her body didn't cooperate with her overnight. What would probably take her an hour to clean might have taken her all day at first. But she put her body under, her feelings under, and she, by the prompting of that word, stepped out, and when she did, something changed. Hallelujah. So bread is there for the eating, but you can't lay and expect it to be force-fed into your mouth. You've got to do something that violates your flesh, violates how you feel. Sometimes you don't feel or or, 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 you know, feel qualified or feel strong enough to do what God's telling you to do. But when you step out into it, God will provide a grace that will run right into your faith. Hallelujah. And that's, that's really how you lay hold. And you've got to make up your mind, I'm a possessor. You've got to make up your mind, I'm a possessor. If God's shown you something, even in business... And you, 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 I don't know if I'll ever have the resources for it. Step out. You don't ever have to know. Isn't that what Mark chapter 4 said? Sower sows a seed. He don't know how it's going to come up. He goes to sleep. <laughs> right? He goes to sleep. When he wakes up, blade comes through. And he's like, wow. So all you got to do is step out by faith. Sow the word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 2.31. Deuteronomy 2.31. It's 8.04. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have begun to give Sihon and his land before thee. Begin to possess that thou mayest inherit this land. Hallelujah. So there again, what God gives you, you have to possess. Miracles, breakthroughs, harvest, deliverances, whatever it is you're believing for, even certain things in the natural, they will not happen until you make a move. Hallelujah. You've got to make a move. And I think we've, we've got this misconception and this idea. We, we're in this microwave-type culture or whatever. We just want things to poof, out of the sky happen. But you've got to work your faith. All right? Is this helping you tonight? Uh, I'm going to skip a, a couple things here. Can I, can I just give you a couple more scriptures here? Look, look here, go to Luke 15, 11. This is so, so good. Luke 15, 11. And we'll start verse 11. It says, and he said a certain man had two sons. Remember the parable? here that's being sp spoken about the prodigal son certain man had two sons the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that falleth to me and he divided unto them his living so was it wrong for what this young man did it, ha it must not have been wrong for him to ask for his inheritance his father gladly gave it to him in fact he didn't just give it to him. He divided it amongst the, the brothers, right? He gave to both. It wasn't wrong that he asked. God wants you to ask, right? But what was wrong was is he went out and spent it all on riotous living, right? And uh, you see that in the scripture. It says in verse 13, not many days after that, young son gathered all together, took his journey to a far country. There wasted the substance with riotous living, had a bunch of parties and began to find himself without lacking, feeding the pigs. <laughs> and he 
came to himself in verse 17, it says, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare and I'm sitting here hungry. So he received his inheritance, but what he did with, with it wasn't wise, was it? And anyway, you know the story. He rose up to go to his father, verse 18, and uh, he says, I'm going to go to my father and I'm going to say unto him, I've sinned against heaven and before thee and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of your hired servants. So he rose up. He had a plan to repent, didn't he? He rose up, came to his father, but when he was yet uh, far off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, kissed him. He didn't give him a chance to repent. You know, I think sometimes, you know, a side note here. We think we got to grovel in repentance just to get God to accept us or to qualify us to receive anything from us. We think when we make a mistake, we got to go through a list of requalifying ourselves. And all along here, we see a good story of a guy that screwed up, right? A younger son, he screws up, he wastes all his money, he's got this plan. I'm going to tell him I'm sorry. I'm going to just be one of his hired servants. I'm going to tell my story to him. I'm going to cry and be remorse. I'm coming to myself. I'd rather work for him. I, it'd be better than going out and doing what I did. And the moment his father seen him, he ran. He didn't give him a chance to repent. He just said, I love you. I'm so glad my son's back. He kissed him. He put a robe on him. He put a ring on him and threw a party for him. And we've complicated, religion complicates it and says, before you get that, oh my gosh, you know what you need to do. God's so mad at you. Anybody ever hear that? <laughs> right? And the son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight no more worthy. But the father, but the, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted cat. Okay? So, it was okay. He said, I want what's mine and I want it now. It wasn't wrong to ask for it, nor was it wrong to receive it. The problem is what he did with it. And then we see another instance here in the same story where the older son, we've got, we've got younger sons in the church and we've got older sons in the church. Right? We've got the older son here. He's ticked off. He says, what's this noise about? I mean, they're partying. They're making music. Nothing wrong with partying as long as you're partying right. Right? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having fun. They're obviously having a good time, having fun, having a party. Music's playing. They're enjoying life. I mean, his son who was dead is now back, dead in his father's eyes. Right? He, he's alive again back in the fold. Man, he's excited. Man, they're having a barbecue. And, and the older son's thinking, you can read the rest of it, but he's thinking, I've served you. I've been faithful. I never left you. I didn't even spend anything. I didn't waste it. I didn't fall into what he fell into. And you're celebrating him? And you've never even given me a kid. You've never even given me a party. You've never even thrown in anything for me. And notice here, let, let's just read what it says here. It says in verse 31, the father said, he said unto him, son, you're, you're forever with me and all that I have is yours. In other words, you're always with me. You know, many Christians feel this way. I deserve so much more. Now here's the key. Were they both given the inheritance at the same time? Was the was the goods divided to both of them? Yeah. The father gave them everything. The difference is the younger one took it. Now what he did with it wasn't right. But the older one never took it. He could have the whole time. Yet people in church are the same way. I've been faithful. Someone will come to church, get blessed, get some, some kind of blessings, have some kind of testimony, and someone will cross their arms and say, I've been showing up every week. I've been tithing. I work in the ushers department. 
I do all of this, and I've got the same scrappy car. It's broke down. They just got saved. In fact, they still got a few downfalls. I know what they do. They live right next to me. I hear the way they talk to each other. They're always fighting and arguing. And what you probably don't realize is they're quick to repent, and you let the sun go down on your wrath. You're no different. Uh, come on, right? Sa same people. Why ain't I blessed? Because... If you can just get a hold of someone that's not religious, they'll realize, I can take with my faith without condemnation or guilt or shame uh, handicapping their faith. they still doing wrong and still taking because they don't understand sin consciousness. But religion taught it to so many of us that we understand sin consciousness so much that we think we got to go to the Father and tell him how sorry we, sorry we are so that we can come back into his graces. It's better preaching than your amen in me, but that's so good. And that's why some people don't take is because of condemnation, guilt, shame, fig leaves. I mean, when they put the fig leaves on them, God was still talking to them. Right? But yet religion has filtered into all of some, of, most of our lives, I guarantee you there's an element of religion that we've got to get just kind of washed out of our thinking because what it does, you know, it's like clogged arteries. You get walls within those arteries that, uh, with plaque and all kind of different things. That's what religion is. It gets in your soul and there's plaque and it reduces the capacity for you to receive. So the flow of the blessings of God can't pump and flow and then it causes pressure and now you got spiritual high blood pressure. <laughs> I'd rather be like the baby brother and go ahead and take hold of what belongs to mine and, and just get a hold of some wisdom, right? Glory to God. One more scripture, and I, I promise you this is it here, but this, I got to tell you this, this is good. Joshua 18.2. Can I give you this last one? All right, you're not bored, are you? Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to go out and take what's ours. We're going to go out and take it. I'm not going to wait for someone to come in to this building and hand it to us. We're going to go out there and take it. Glory to God. We're, you, this land belongs to us. All the way from one end of the county to the other end of the county. Glory to God. God has strategically placed us to where we can reach into Temecula and French Valley and Winchester and Hemet, San Jacinto and Paris and Homeland and all these areas. It's ours to possess. It's our, we can't just sit and wait. We've got to go out and take it. The harvest is out there. Glory to God. Look here, Joshua chapter 18, verse 2. This is good. And there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes. There, in other words, there was... There was remaining tribes which had not yet received their inheritance well that's interesting this is already after they went into the, the, the promised land right some received their inheritance but there were still seven tribes from Israel which had not yet received their inheritance and Joshua said to the children of Israel how long are you slack to go possess or take hold of the land which the Lord God of your fathers have has given you and he says give out among you three men for each tribe and I'll send them they shall rise and go through the land and describe it according to the inheritance of them they shall come again to me they shall divide it into seven parts notice this Judah shall abide in their coast on the south well we know about that tribe right that's that's a that's the crazy tribe that's the dancers the praisers the singers the ones that spin out and roll around in the chairs and shout and all kind of things, kind of like this church. Judah shall abide in the coast of the south. The house of Joseph shall abide in the coast of the north. And ye all shall therefore describe the land into seven parts and bring the description hither to me that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord your God. Now, you'll see here if you read the rest of it, Judah went ahead and went north, went south, went east. <laughs> went west they found well they didn't inherit that we'll take that they didn't inherit that we'll take that they didn't inherit that we'll take that I mean they just begin to possess all kind of land you'll see that 
all these years later, there's still seven tribes. They've yet to step into their land, but Judah, the praise tribe, the crazy praisers, <laughs> were crazy enough to say, if you don't want it, I'll take it. <laughs> Glory to God. And then you say, well, how do you know that? Look here, chapter 19, verse 9. Chapter 19, verse 9. Just pull over one page. It says, out of the portion of the children of Judah was the inheritance of the children of Simeon. For the part of the children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore, the children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of Judah. In other words, Simeon didn't reap. Simeon didn't gather. You're always going to have someone that doesn't gather. But then you're always going to have someone like Judah that gathered too much. And Judah said, that's all right. You didn't gather, but we've got too much. I got too much to handle for myself, so I've got your inheritance within our inheritance. Go ahead and take this. Judah took an abundant flow, and Simeon got some of it anyways. In other words, the too much crew came in, and it was a blessing to the crew that wouldn't possess. Now, you say, well, they got blessed too. It's more blessed to give. This is the point I want you to get. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, did Judah receive? Yeah, in the sense they took. Right? You can't give what you don't take. They were in a position to be a blessing to someone who was going to sleep during harvest anyway. And they said, that's okay. You're still part of the family of God. We'll take care of you. Doesn't mean they're going to walk in abundance because we got more than enough we can give to you. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got this desire on the inside of me to take a whole lot more than what I've been possessing. God wants you to have a whole lot more than what you've been enjoying. And it's not just for you. There's someone out there in the family of God that's laying down in harvest that needs to see a testimony of what it looks like to flow in the abundance of God. Somebody needs to see how a believer can take hold of their possessions, can lay hold of eternal life, can step out in faith. And there's other people like Simeon that are never going to step out unless a brother steps out and says, this is what it looks like to prosper. This is what it looks like to gather harvest. This is what it looks like to win souls. You got to get out of your chair you got to get out of your bed you got to get out of the boat and you got to start walking on the water glory to God but if you want to possess and you want to do what's on the inside of your heart you got to step out and put your flesh under and allow God and his grace to flow through you and bring you into your wealthy place glory to God y'all get something out of that tonight I'm done I'll finish up with that I'll tell you what, it's, it's not enough to hear it. It's not enough to hear it. I think, thank God that we hear it. We got to hear it, right? Because that's how we build our spirit up on the word of grace. But we hear it with this purpose and this intention that it's my turn to go out and get it. I got to go out and get it. I got to go out and get it. All right? You just got to get to the point. If you're sitting there waiting for healing, you're going to have to go out and get it. So, well, how do I do that? Sometimes you got to take a step of faith and violate what sick people do. That means if you feel like having a nursing home shuffle, <laughs> I'm just getting old. No, you're going to have to say, I refuse to walk that way. Glory to God. I'm going to get on a treadmill if I have to. I'm going to force myself to act young again. If I, if I, but I, I refuse to diminish. Glory to God. I hope you got something out of that tonight. I hope those of you that are watching got stirred up tonight online. Everyone that's here, I, you're in the right place at the right time. Because I believe we are in a time where the sower, the plowman, is going to be overtaken by the reaper. You're going to get the seed in the ground, and you're not going to be get, able to get it out fast enough. You're going to have to train your kids to help you get it out with you because there's going to be just so much harvest coming in. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with your kids seeing you flow in that kind of abundance and teaching another generation to walk in that? But we got to do it as a church. 
There's other tribes that may or may not do it, but we got to do it. Right? And it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your culture. It doesn't matter your nationality. God's no respecter of persons. But I'll tell you what God does respect and what God does flow with, He flows with your faith. So take your faith and activate it. Use it. Step out. Do something. Hallelujah. Expand your boundaries. Enlarge your territory. How do you do that? First, enlarge your capacity to receive by enlarging your soul. Glory to God. And when those boundaries increase, you'll start seeing things flow into your heart. You'll see yourself doing things you never thought you could do before. You'll look at yourself and thought, I never thought I could do that in all my life. But yet you'll have a prompting and an urging to do it. You'll step out and do it. And you'll see great and mighty things happen even through your hands and even through your life. You thought, I never could do that. I thought that was only reserved for preachers. I thought that was only reserved for people that had five-fold ministry. But you don't have to have a, a, a badge or a name or a title. All you have to have is a grace. And if you'll just step out and what you see yourself doing, my grace will come upon you, saith the Lord, and you will fall into a place where you'll start seeing my love and my compassion and my mercies flow through you and start touching and reaching into areas, into lives, into people that have never experienced my love and grace before. So don't be bashful. Don't be shy, says the Lord, but be bold with your faith. Don't be hesitant and don't procrastinate. There's harvest out there to gather in. So what you see yourself doing is what I'm showing you to do. And when you step out and do those things, my grace will take over and others will be blessed, saith the Lord. Glory to God. Put your hands to heaven and thank God for the word of the Lord tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. Hallelujah. We thank you for your word. Glory to God. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for what you are doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Glory to God. Do we have any people that are a part of the tribe of Judah in here tonight? <laughs> Glory to God. Well, why don't you give the Lord a big shout right now? Hallelujah. Come on, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. That's all you got? That's all the shout you guys got? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. God is so good. Real quick, if you, you're watching or maybe you're here, looks like we know everybody. I believe everybody here is born again, right? Raise your hand if you're born again and glad about it. Hallelujah. Yeah, everyone here is born again family. Listen, if you're watching, you've never received Jesus. Bread is falling from heaven. His name is Jesus. He wants to come into your heart. All you have to do is call on him. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Come into my life and wash me white as snow. Cleanse me from all my sins. Just say this with me. Jesus, I believe that you died for me because you love me. You took my place on that cross as a sinner. And at that place, you took my sins so I can be cleansed. I receive that now. Come into my heart and make me clean. And make me righteous. In Jesus' name. I believe that you rose from the dead to give me brand new life. I'm starting that life now with you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, you're born again. I want you to write us. Let us know who you are. It'll bless us to see who you are, to know who you are. Get in contact with us. We'll bless you and get in contact with you as well. Amen. God bless you all. Get